yeah, I was on food stamps. I was on everything I could probably sign up for. But in my mind, when I did sign up for it, I said, I'm not staying on this stuff forever. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to pay my own way. I'm not going to be up here on government assistance. I want to be able to donate to my community. Yeah. I want to be able to help the youth, X, Y, Z. This is just a stepping stone. Yeah. Your circumstances do not define you. Never. It's they all in the mindset. Get your water. Give you some wine. I should have had some wine. With exposure, execution, and consistency, there is nothing you can't do. Just keep planting. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode on the Responsible Homegirl podcast. I am Kiani, the Responsible Homegirl, and this is a space that I have created so young adults can become financially responsible and wealth conscious. So the way that I do that is by, one, sharing financial education, and then, two, interviewing amazing entrepreneurs who are building their wealth through business. So if y'all have been rocking with me for a little while, y'all know that I've started a series called Think Like a Mogul. And Think Like a Mogul is basically where I interview entrepreneurs who are either from South Carolina or live South Carolina because I want to expose the greatness that we have in our own backyard. It is so easy for us to glamorize what people have going on other places. Definitely. But we have dope people doing great things in the trenches here in South Carolina. So I'm exposing them. And today we're going to hear from somebody who has a great story. And not only are we going to talk about like all of her business accolades, but we're just going to get into her mindset and how she really thinks like a mogul. So, welcome to the podcast, Thank Xavier. You. Thank you. <laughs> so, how are you feeling today? Feeling great. I mean, it's raining, but who cares? Because I'm alive, I'm well. Period. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> exactly. So, Xavier, on the podcast, I always start off each episode with asking everyone, can you tell me an irresponsible financial decision that you've ever made? Definitely. <laughs> so, one good thing about the industry that I'm in is it's based on your credit. Mm -hmm. So I like to tell everyone I do not judge about credit because my credit score started out at a 423. Wow. So it was good in college and then we had a bump in the road. My mom lost her job and rent had to get paid. Mm -hmm. So we did cash advances on my credit card to keep the bills paid. Yeah. So that was, it was... It was irresponsible for my credit, mm -hmm. but it was something that we had to do to survive. So, right. Because, of course, we're in a world of survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. Had to have a roof over our head. I had just found out I was pregnant. Wow. There was no way I was going to be pregnant, barefoot, and homeless <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah, that was irresponsible, but it was a sacrifice that I had to make for my family. Yeah. And I love that you shared that because, well, let me tell you the reason why I always ask that. So, you know, I have a brand called The Responsible Homegirl, but I didn't just arrive here. Like, right. I made plenty of dumb money mistakes, plenty of bad decisions. And I want people listening to know that even if they make bad decisions or poor financial decisions, it doesn't matter. Like, they can still move forward and you learn can. from it. Like, that's just literally that's the a growth. Of road. That's exactly. the growth. Right. And you can actually share your testimony as to how you got there to prevent somebody else or to help somebody get where you are. Right. And from your story, it's not like you was... You had your credit card, you was out buying bags, buying designer, and all right. type of stuff. Like, you literally had to do what you had to do. Yep, and that's a decision some people have to make. Mm -hmm. You know, lights, are you going to do lights or are you going to do gas? You mm -hmm. have to pick which one is going to be the battle for the day. Right. 
So thank you for sharing that. No problem. Before we get into today's episode, let me put you on kickoff. You know I always preach that credit can get you what cash can't. So I want you to listen really closely as I explain how kickoff works and how you can use it to improve your credit score. So when you sign up for kickoff, you pay $2 a month and they are reporting that to the three major credit bureaus. One of the main things that I like is that you automatically get access to a $500 line of credit without them even pulling your credit. So make sure you take advantage of everything that they're offering you. There are no interest, no fees, none of that stuff. So check out Kickoff and use my link below. Now, moving into the podcast, can you tell my community who you are, how did you grow up, and what kind of shaped you into being this entrepreneur that you are today? So my name is Xavier Sams. I was born and raised here in Florence, and I'm a proud graduate of Wilson High School. Yes. You must know that. I never know, like, a lot of people who rep their high school, like, y'all pride is through the roof. Okay, you better believe it, because we are well-established. We got chapters all over the U.S. Mm, come on, chapters. <laughs> we have our own license tag for the state of South Carolina that can go on the back of your vehicle, so, yeah. This is not a college campus. Well, it's not, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> we do rep. <laughs> we rep for our high school. Okay, so um, you graduated from Wilson. Graduated from Wilson, went to Francis University, which is also located here. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went on to get my master's degree in counseling. Thus, I started working um, at the unemployment office, and I ran into some amazing individuals there. Mm-hmm. Um, I started working there in 2008. All walks of life was coming through. You had doctors who were losing their jobs. Mm. You had attorneys losing their jobs. Everything. And it was just it was an eye-opener to me because they had these type of problems. Like, I had someone who was an attorney, um, and they were literally one house payment away from going into foreclosure. Mm. And it was a human error. So, I don't know how all these people started gravitating towards me in, yeah. at the at the unemployment office. And they'd be like, hey, something going on with my clan. Can you take a look real quick? And, I mean, it would be like a two-hour wait for these people. Wow. They had to bring their kids because they couldn't afford daycare. Mm. Um, so... This particular attorney, I looked up her information. It was a human error. Like, she could have had all of her checks. Mm -hmm. She was about to get kicked out of her house and going to foreclosure, X, Y, Z. And it was all the click of a button. I just happened to pick up the phone, got Mm -hmm. it straight. Now she called back and was like, you know what? Thank you so much. Right. So that's when I was like, dang, like, maybe I was put on earth to actually help people because when I started at Francis Marion, I started off as a nursing major mm-hmm. and I saw how much you had to study <laughs> and I wanted to have fun with my friends. I had just pledged Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, man, y'all got to do all this studying. Um, Girl, you went to school to study. <laughs> I didn't come here to do all this studying. I want to have fun with my LSs and my friends. And I changed my major that same week. Got had my nursing uniform, the books, the stethoscope. I was in the class, and I was just like, "Yeah, it's a no." That's it. I'm going back to the world that I love. I don't think I like this one. Wow. So then, you know, had my daughter during that time. and In college? In college. So okay. I had her my junior year in college. Mm-hmm. Um, after I had her, my grades went up. Wow. Don't know how, but she was my inspiration to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated above a 3.0 in both of my fields. Um, 
And from there, after I did my master's, then I ended up working for vocational rehabilitation where my first caseload was with the mental health population. Mm -hmm. And then I started working with high school students with disabilities. And I mean, every disability you can think of, even if it was um, opposition, defiant, disorder, I worked with them. I love working with them. Yeah. I mean, I was known as the lady with the money Mm. because what I did is I would place the students on a job to help them figure out what it is that they want to do. A vocational counselor. Mm -hmm. I had kids making $300 a week in high school. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling them, save your money, save your money. And it was so sad that some of the parents were the ones coming up to pick up their check because they were using it to pay their bills. And they needed to meet you because they were irresponsible (laughs) with their money. Like, I had students paying light bills, mortgages, buying their siblings clothes for school. I was like, why you don't have any clothes for the start school bag? He was like, I'm going to get mine next week. But I had to buy my brother's school clothes first so he could go back. And I was just like, I'm going to tell your mom I cut your hours. (laughs) (laughs) So you can have some money for yourself. And it was bad to say it, but I was telling him, you know, you kind of... I couldn't tell him he was being used because at the same time it was his mom. Right. But he had to learn how to put some stuff back for himself. Yeah. So needless to say, he ended up saving up some money and was able to move out. Mm-hmm. He's still at the same job I put him on. Are you loves serious? it, work overtime, everything. Wow. He loves his job. Mm-hmm. So I have a 15 year old. Um, she's my pride and joy, <laughs> Kennedy. And she is super mature. Mm-hmm. Like she helps. Me stay on task. She'd be like, it's eight o'clock. We need to be walking out of the door and ready Period. to go to school. Right. So she's she's gonna be responsible. Mm-hmm. She's gonna be very responsible. But that's about me. Yeah. So a lot that I wanna unpack from that. So the first thing, like going back to your story and all of the jobs that you work. Oh no, matter of fact, I'm gonna go back to college. Okay. So you switch your major. <laughs> For one. Yeah. So from nursing to like... Sociology. Sociology. Okay. So with that sociology degree, in your mind, did you ever think like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur? Or did you just think like, oh, I'm going to get this because this is an easier route? It was the easier route. Mm-hmm. So I was already taking sociology classes for an easy A. Mm. So I was doing biology classes and me and my best friend, Kanisha, we were taking sociology classes like popping A's out like okay this is going to help my GPA out not knowing that it was going to all work together and that was going to end up being my major then another thing I want to point out is you had a daughter your junior year in college so at that time you were probably like 20 or 21 yep 20 20. Uh, I had her at 19 going into 20 okay so having a daughter at 19 like did you face any struggles or any challenges or just and I hate to say it but Teenage pregnancy is like, it can have like this shame associated with it. Did you experience any of that in your journey? Yes, I did. And I love to share my story. (laughs) So when I had just found out I was pregnant, I was working at the mall and I had um, just told my supervisor, of course, because I'm going to start doctor's appointments and I'm not going to be able to work. Mm -hmm. So this guy that he overheard my conversation, he said, you just messed up your life. And I said, excuse me. Wow. And he was like, you having a baby. You, you just messed up your life. And I said, let me tell you something about me. Mm-hmm. My Your outcome is not going to be my outcome. Period. And I'm going to do great things. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, he's still working at the mall. 
and you know not down anybody with him all, but you're not gonna take my situation and try and make it negative yeah instead he could have been like oh man you having a child that's a great thing there's so much wonderful things you can show her as a mom right instead of being you done messed up your life right sir you don't know me mm-hmm. you have no idea who i am and you gotta be mindful of how you talking about people in that story like for what you don't even know what i have going on I mean, that could have been the breaking point for anybody to say, you know what, bump it and F the world. Exactly. You could have been on the verge of literally, like, committing suicide. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy for people to, like, cast judgment on other people's situations. And my mama always told us growing up, watch your mouth because it could be you today. I mean, it could be them today and you tomorrow. Like, you really don't know what you'll have going on. You don't. You never know the circumstances. Up today, down tomorrow. Right. So with your child and that situation, I'm pretty sure it made you like even work harder. You said your grades went up. So would you say like that experience has even helped you like with being the entrepreneur that you are today? It is. And another reason why is because I needed money. Mm -hmm. So in order to get more scholarships and a bigger change check, I needed higher grades. Yeah. So I'm buying diapers, paying out of pocket for daycare, gas, car insurance, all that stuff. As a college student. As a college student. And Christmas is coming up, birthdays coming up, and that's just, it pulled the grind out of me. Mm -hmm. Now, never did I think in my head I'd be an entrepreneur because Honestly, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. Really? I always saw myself as this worker bee. I'm going to work myself up the chain and X, Y, Z. But my boyfriend actually was the one to show me you can make money and be more productive working for yourself. Wow. And because when I met him, he was like, man, why don't you just leave your job? And I'm like, I'm not leaving my job. <laughs> First of all, why would I do that? Right. Because I'm not one that ever want to depend on a man anyway. I want to have my own. Mm -hmm. But as time progressed and I did get into real estate, I was like, you know what? I can't leave this job. Now I had to make a plan to exit. My exit strategy. Mm -hmm. Because I was not about to leave my job broke. (laughs) Period. Mm -mm. Which a lot of people do and they're just unprepared and they don't know like the ups and downs that come with business. So we didn't even tell my people what you do. Oh, I didn't. Can you tell them, please? Okay, so I'm a realtor <laughs> here in Florence. Not just a realtor. Stop it. I'm a realtor, <laughs> and I'm licensed in North Carolina and South Carolina, mm-hmm. and I do love what I do. Um, So you can be a realtor, and you are licensed in that state, and you can work across the state, but what they don't tell you is that being affiliated with the different MLSs in the areas where you want to work, it makes a difference. So I'm affiliated with Myrtle Beach, Sumter, um, Columbia, Charlotte, and here in Florence. Mm -hmm. So with you being in real estate, how did you get that interest? Because you said like, oh, I was just a worker bee. Well, little known fact, um, my grandmother, she actually worked cleaning up homes. Mm -hmm. So I actually was raised by my grandmother. And during the summertime, I had to go with her when she cleaned homes. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't the type to, you know, jump in and help clean, but I was sitting there. So you were just there? (laughs) I was just there. Taking up space. Yeah, I was (laughs) playing in the pool, playing with the dog. Um, Actually, um, one of the mothers Mm -hmm. introduced me when Cookies and Cream came out, that that candy, the Hershey Cookies and Cream, Mm -hmm. they would always buy me a pack when I came over because I was going to, first of all, eat all of them. And I wanted it, and I go. That'd be the first thing I ask. Hey, where are those cookies and cream? Oh my god! Candy. 
<laughs> so, um, but little did I know that the, um, so I talked about the mother, her son mm-hmm. actually owned and operated um, one of the oldest boutique companies here in Florence as a broker. Oh, so he was one of the brokers there. Mm-hmm. And I never realized that I was always surrounded by real estate until I got into it. And I was like, wait, this is exactly what he was doing. Yeah. So um, it's called Griggs Floyd Grantham and Griggs for Jim Kriegs is the person that I looked up to because while I was at that house, I'm looking at his house like, dog, this is nice. Yeah. I could be living here. Yeah. They have parties and stuff. And I'm like, God, this is nice. And you was a little girl. And I'm point. a little girl. And I'm like, when I get older, I want to be able to work and have a good job where I only have to work one job and yeah. I'm making a lot of money. Wow. So I always knew I wanted to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how I was going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I want people to understand, like, there is nothing wrong with wanting to make a lot of money. No. I feel like more good people need to be rich. Yeah. Period. Definitely. A lot of people, they kind of look down on people for wanting to make a lot of money. And I just be like, why? I mean, um, I mean, it, the hard work is there. Exactly. People who are rich, and I'm not going to, I'm not talking about inheritance, I'm talking about people who work and are rich. They don't sleep. Mm. They're always working and thinking of the next big thing that they can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with you seeing as a little girl or being around this real estate, like on your job, when did you say, oh, I'm going to get my real estate license? Talk to me about like starting your journey. So in 2008, when I graduated from Francis Marion, this is when I'm like, I'm about to graduate. Mm-hmm. What, what, what else am I going to do with myself? Like I'm trying to figure out I, I got a degree in sociology. Do I want a degree in sociology? Do I want to go back to school? Where am I going to find a job? What is this going to, what's going to happen? All what's the, the next step? All the questions that you have as a graduate, what's next? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I could do real estate. Mm. But the reality was I couldn't do real estate in 2008. That was when the market crashed. Yeah. And so it was always something that was in the back of my mind that I packed up and Locked away, and I was like, I want to do it. I want to do it. And I kept saying, I want to do it. I want to do it. My boyfriend got tired of me saying, I want to do it. Next thing I know, class was paid for, and I started. And he paid for it. And I was like, so I'm really about to do this. I'm about to start the class. I mean, he paid for it the same day. Mm -hmm. And I started the class the same day. Are you serious? Yeah. Talk about having the right people in your corner. It's amazing. Yeah. So... You got to have a good support team, especially being an entrepreneur. You work 24-7. You may not have days off. It looks easy. Yeah, you get to make your own hours, Mm -hmm. but every hour that you're off, you're not working. You're not making any money. Right. And that is it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you started your journey, so, okay, it was 2008. Did you start in 2008? Oh, 2018 is when I took the class. Oh, so 10 years later. Wow, Xavier. Ten years later. Ten years later. Yep. And you had to see it in your mind since 2008. 2008. That is crazy to me. And it's almost like it happened at the right time. It had to be the right people, the right Mm -hmm. time, the right circumstance and everything. Yeah. So now fast forward to 2018. You get into real estate. Is it easy for you? No. Mm. It's not. Um, real estate really is a male dominant industry. Mm-hmm. So me being a young black female, it's almost like, who is this little girl coming up in here with all these ideas? And I mean, I was super excited yeah. and um, very bubbly, very bubbly. And I'm still bubbly. Yeah. Um, because nobody's not going to take my 
that away from me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I definitely pray that nothing never happens where that side of me goes away. Right. But I have all these ideas and I'm sharing it with them and X, Y, Z. As a woman in a male-dominant field, it's not easy. Mm. Like, I actually got discriminated against when I was trying to get my office space. Wow. So, it's not easy. In 2022? In 2022. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It don't matter who you are. Discrimination will find you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes, like, looking, if somebody were to look at you right now, like, just on your social media, like, Facebook, Instagram, they may think, like, it's easy because of what they see today. But like you just said, it wasn't easy. It's not. So can you talk about some of the challenges you experienced in the beginning and kind of, like, how you overcame them? So in our industry, a lot of people like to see it as competition. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a collaborate type person. Right. So how can we collaborate and work together Mm -hmm. to move us both forward? Right. Versus there are some people who are greedy and, like, whatever it is that you're doing, I'm going to keep it to myself and I'm not going to tell but I'm not like that. Yeah. I would definitely tell you what you need to do. You got to put in the work. Exactly. I can't put it in for you. I can't want something for you more than you want it for yourself. Because mm-hmm. it's not going to work. Because I cannot do the work for you. Because I'm busy doing the work for myself. Period. Period. <laughs> there are so many women who are out here sleeping on themselves and not doing what it is that they know that they need to do. I used to be one of those girls. Procrastinating. Not showing up consistently not being all who I know that I was created to be. This is exactly why I created my six-month dateless planner called the For Executors Only Planner. This planner was designed with a girl just like me in mind. The girl who has big visions, big dreams, big goals, but needs to show up consistently and plan with intention. One scripture that I always refer to is Proverbs 21.5. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. What are you planning? What are you putting in action? Write your vision down on paper and manifest the life that you desire and that you deserve. The link is down below in the subscription box. Make sure you order the For Executors Only Planner and let's get right back into the episode. So in the beginning stages when you first started your real estate company, were you like out meeting different people? Because I'm pretty sure there's somebody listening to this podcast right now and they're thinking like, oh, I just started my business, but I'm not getting the traffic that I want or I don't have visibility. Like, how did you make it happen? So first of all, one of the things people are going to tell you being in real estate that if you work part-time, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I I did do it part-time. Okay. And I was very successful for the reason being they told me I couldn't. <laughs> if Xavier ain't going to do nothing else, she's going to prove a I'm point. I'm going to prove a point, and I'm going to make you look like a fool and a liar. Because people was like, how are you going to do it part-time? You know, you you could be making more money. Yeah, I could, but I was working a full-time job, mm-hmm. 8.30 to 5, and I could not touch real estate during those hours. Mm-hmm. So everything I did, it had to be after work. So from 5.30 to 2 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. I'm doing real estate. Yeah. I'm up working, um, contacting, making a to-do list of everything I need to get done in the morning because I'm going to have to wake up an hour early before I go to work. Talk about um, it. Then maybe like two years into real estate, I started working in West Columbia. Mm-hmm. Not Columbia. West Columbia. And you were living in Florence. And I was living in Florence. So I had to drive an hour 30 back and forth each day wow. and still work. Wow. Work my behind off. And three hours of your day was on the road. Yeah. Wow. 
So I had my little to-do list at night, what I need to get done while I was on the road driving, whether it's call, hater said, I text and drive, <laughs> I'm up here making phone calls, sending emails, mm-hmm. what I need to get done, because it had to happen. Mm-hmm. Because happen. at that point, I'm like, okay, so I need to transition myself from being here to also working from home, because then the pandemic happened, and a lot of people don't know is I also help take care of my mom. Mm-hmm. So she's bedridden. Um, we have to two feed her and me and my sister are basically like the main caretaker. So she lived with me, mm-hmm. but all of that has to get done on a routine throughout the day. So on top of me doing real estate, driving back and forth to Columbia, I'm like, I'm just gonna have to forget sleep. Cause that's a luxury right now. I got the grind and you got a daughter and I got a daughter who wants to go places, see <laughs> things, go shopping yeah. and all that. Y'all have no excuses. You have none at all. No excuses. Because in my mind, I'm sitting here listening like, how do you do all that you do? Mm, I think it's, and I can never say it's a goal. Mm -hmm. Because every time I cross a goal off, another one's going back up on the board. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it just speaks to like, just how bad do you want it? And I, and I can tell you, I do not want to go to where I was before. Mm-hmm. So that's why I keep striving to stay where I am or to even strive for higher. Mm-hmm. Do you mind talking about like what it means to be where you was before? No, I don't mind at all. So I grew up on Marion Street in West Florence. Um, mainly, okay, so I know you probably know this little landmark. So you know where the hubcaps are? Hubcaps? The hubcaps, the place with all the hubcaps on it. Okay, so if you're from Florence, you definitely know where the place where the hubcaps are. So I grew up in West Florence. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, I didn't have central heat and air um, in my mom's house until 10 years ago. So we had a wood-burning stove where you had to chop the wood, smell like kerosene. Um, There was no, you didn't have air. You had a box fan, and the community action agency gave you a window unit. And you were allowed to get one per year, per household. So, that's how we grew up. Mm. And it's like, stories like that to me, sometimes people see their situation as a hindrance. Mm -hmm. Like, as a reason as to like, oh, I just got to accept these cards that I'm built. But you, on the other hand, you like, no, I don't want to go back there. And that speaks to like, your work ethic. And yeah, I was on food stamps. I was on everything I could probably sign up for. But in my mind, when I did sign up for it, I said, I'm not staying on this stuff forever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to pay my own way. I'm not going to be up here on government assistance. I want to be able to donate to my community. Yeah. I want to be able to help the youth, X, Y, Z. This is just a stepping stone. Yeah. Your circumstances do not define you. Never. It's all in the mindset. It's all in the mindset. So can you talk about, like, I know you didn't like your situation, but even, like, you know, having a daughter at 19 and then, like, the situation that you were living in, it was kind of, like, would you say it was hard for you to see the other side or you just knew, like, I just had to work to see the other side? I always had the mindset I have to work to see the other side. Mm -hmm. I knew it was coming. I didn't know when, Mm -hmm. but I knew... If I put in the time, it was going to come. Yeah. And I think, like, that really speaks to what I be telling y'all when I always preach. Like, the change really starts with you. Yep. Once you make that decision that something is going to be different, you have it in your mind, now your reality just has to catch up to what you have already thought about and believed. 
This is so good. <laughs> and the reason why I say that though is because it's like I don't know, but sometimes people can just be lazy and not necessarily. I don't. I don't even want to say lazy. I want to say impatient. Because it's not going to happen overnight. It's not. And you do have some people who want to climb to the top tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And, you know, one of my my mentor is Kayana Watson. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she said on yesterday, I listened to her live, and she talked about how it's not going to come overnight. You yeah. have to do the work. You have to put the time in in order to get to where you want to go. Right. It's not going to – I knew day one – that it was going to take time. I was not going to be able to say, boom, I'm about to land a million-dollar deal. Right. It had to take time. How am I going to land a million-dollar deal and I don't even know what to do? Mm. Like, I need to know how to take care of this client. If I'm selling the x experience, what does the experience look like if you don't know what you're doing? Yeah. So it's all a building. You have to build. It's a, you got to have a real good foundation. Mm-hmm. You have to invest in yourself and take classes. Um, YouTube is free. It's good to use. Mm-hmm. Take some classes to talk about to perfect it. your craft, um, because it's going to teach you some things that you don't know. Connect right. with people outside of your area. Yeah. Talk to them in different states. I'm connecting with somebody in California, and they love it here. Mm-hmm. They said that the new homes that's going up in California are nine by nine rooms. It's a gold mine here. Are you serious? Yep. Wow. Talk about though, like because I want you to, I want you to harp on that a little bit more because you say investing in classes and in courses, like and just connecting with other people. I definitely feel like you have to pay to play. Sometimes just getting in the right room, you may not. And I will say, I don't want to say you may not learn because you can always learn something. But just by having a conversation with somebody can really take you to the next level. So, I know you had asked me like, what are some different things that I did, and I didn't answer that. So let me answer that because it piggybacks off what you just asked Mm -hmm. you have to network you cannot stay in the house as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. you have to be out and about you have to have your face visible seen they need to know your personality what do you like what are you bringing to the table because nothing given is going to be free they need to know that you're going to put in the work with what it is that they're giving to you come on Xavier come on (laughs) I mean I'm just speaking facts I mean hey if that's what y'all need to hear it's, it's the truth hands down um, before the pandemic, I was so sad when the pandemic hit because I was like, I was supposed to be going this place. Like, I want to start going out of state, visiting mm-hmm. other people, and it kind of, the world shut down, and I didn't want to catch COVID. Yeah. So I ended up being able to network over social media. Mm-hmm. So it's really just, it wasn't a, I had to change the way that I was going to do it because I'm still going to connect. Right. But the thing about it was finding a different method to do it. Mm-hmm. But you have to have somebody see your face connect with you and prove your worth yeah and you really have to make people a believer because we live in a day and age where entrepreneurship is just the it thing it's so easy to start a business anybody can start a business but you need to be taking steps in the beginning of your business so you basically you can play the long game like how sustainable are you being and i'm telling you it's all about relationships that's what i'm seeing it is it's really all about relationships and it's not about what you know, well, it is about what you know, but you also have to add in who you know. Yeah. You have to add in both of those. Right, absolutely. So, Xavier, you talked to me about starting real estate, growing real estate. Right. So, now, can you talk to me a little bit about the challenges? Or do, like, you know, everything your hand touched just turns to gold? It does. But, <laughs> period. <laughs> but there are definitely challenges 
in real estate. Like you have to know your stuff because you have people who try to get over on you. Another agent will try to get over on you and you're kind of like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. So for instance, um, how do I say it? There are different forms that has to be completed. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend if you're planning on getting into real estate, you need to be fully committed to learning those different forms. Mm -hmm. Because without those forms, you could get one in trouble, B, you could not get paid. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's trying to get over on you and be like, for example, if I'm working in an MLS that I'm not associated with, so I'm not associated with Buford or Charleston. Can you explain like what an MLS is? So it's the multiple listing service okay. for that area. In South Carolina, it's multiple ones. Some states, is it covers the whole entire state and you have access to the whole state. Mm -hmm. Here in South Carolina, you have more than one. You gotcha. have more than five that you can join. So let's say I join, um, I, I show a property down in Charleston mm -hmm. and I take someone to go and see it. Well, I write the contract and we go on the contract. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Well, I'm doing the home inspections. I'm doing yeah. everything. But I didn't get that compensation agreement. That agent do not have to pay me for all that work, wow. all the driving. They can say, thank you for bringing the buyer. But you're not affiliated with the MLS. We do not have to pay you. Wow. So it's knowing your stuff. So that's a challenge. It's not a challenge once it's happened to you once. Because once it's happened to you once, <laughs> you're going to learn. You better get it filled out. Exactly. So I've heard a lot of realtors say, like, um, going to real estate school, it teaches you, like, basically the books, but not how to sell real estate. So can you talk to me about, like, your beginning stages? Did you have mentors? And how do you feel about mentorship? So the company that I went to when I first started out, they were really good. They were really hands-on. Mm -hmm. I could call with a question at 9 o'clock at night. They'd be like, just come on over, and I'll walk you through it. Yeah. Um, that It was family-oriented. Mm -hmm. um, you do have a lot of people who feel like going to boutique companies, you know, you're not going to get – they're looking at more of the money instead of the learning experience. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of you need to – you need that foundation right. to know your stuff. Without knowing your stuff, you're not gonna make no money. You're not gonna make any money. You're I hate to say it, gonna gonna really, really figure out that you should have went to somebody who really helped you, who was gonna treat you like family and invite you in at nine o'clock at night to help you learn how right. to do a form or what you need to do to get a cor something corrected. Right. Um, but I took that sacrifice. One, I knew it was gonna be a really good company. I hated um when I was transitioning over to leave them. Um the opportunity with the company that I have now, I have more technology, I have different things that I could do, different streams of income within the company mm -hmm. that will allow me to leave a legacy for my daughter. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, from that, like you said, um, the money aspect, because I feel like sometimes a lot of people, they can start things for money, yeah. but not really understanding like, What's the sacrifice behind it? The sacrifice, right. And what you got to learn before you even start seeing dollars and cents. Right. So, like, in your experience, like, what has made you the realtor that you are? Because it's a lot of real estate agents. It's a lot of realtors. And growing every day. But not everybody is successful. And not everybody is profitable. So, <laughs> why are you... That, that's Why you. are you twerking? <laughs> I'm not twerking. But I'm just saying, like, what what makes a a successful realtor? Because I mean, it's like a gang of y'all out here. It's a whole gang. I mean, it's like 
Pick which gang you want to run with. So which maybe clip? people miss that that beginning piece that you're talking about, and like we can provide like some guidance to somebody that's listening. Genuinely, a lot of people get into it for the money. Right. They don't get in it for the love of helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a problem. Yeah. Because if you want to maintain a relationship with people who are going to send you referrals, right. you got to have a good relationship with them. You have to. Make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. You yeah. have to make so it's a mixture of everything. You have to make sure you're taking the right trainings to cultivate your craft. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't I don't know what to say to them. I mean, if they have any questions, I'd be more than happy to <laughs> try and get. And see, that's another thing because I was a vocational counselor, mm-hmm. so knowing a job and doing different stuff to help me get to the next level, that was part of my job and my mm-hmm. skill set. Everything that happened didn't just fall in my lap. Ooh, everything that happened it was all lined up for me yeah i just didn't know that universe what the universe was lining me up for right i had no idea mm-hmm. that i was going to end up being in real estate and doing this because you didn't even want to be an entrepreneur i did not no no <laughs> i was gonna get my stable check work my nine to five get paid on the first and the 15th <laughs> or or the 16th and the 30th i uh-huh. was gonna be a state employee mm-hmm. i was gonna work for them they were going to give me some money, but when they started telling me I was going to have to work more hours and not get a raise, mm-hmm. the light bulb went off like, I could be working for myself, right. making more money, and it would reflect the amount of hours that I put into myself. Yeah. And even more years later. And even more years later. So when you were making that transition, I know we kind of going back, but... Did it take some mindset shifts for you? Because, you know, working a nine-to-five, somebody is telling you what to do at all times. You have your list of what to do. Entrepreneurship, and especially when you start, it may be like a one-woman show. You're doing everything. Yeah. So did anything mentally have to change for you? Especially as far as work ethic. I did have my little diva moments. (laughs) And I'm like, who do they think they're talking to? But in the end... They helped me where I was. Mm-hmm. So being able to multitask, being able to carry a caseload, and I really call being a a, a realtor, you have to juggle multiple caseloads. Mm-hmm. You have to work with people who do not have the credit, mm. people who are pre-approved, people who are shopping, people have already closed. Those are different caseloads that you're working with. Yeah. You have to be able to manage that. Mm-hmm. So working at my job, we had goals to meet, and we had multiple caseloads that I had to work. I had to work with different people with different goals. Yeah. And what am I doing with real estate? Working with different people, people. with different goals. Yeah. And the end is meeting your target goal. Okay, so how many people do you want to assist per year? Mm-hmm. What What is it that they're looking for? How can you better help them? What tools can you help help them find? Right. It was the same thing I was doing at the job. It's just in a different field. Mm. It was all working together, and I had no idea. Yeah. And I want y'all to listen to this and listen to this closely because it's this chapter in Rich Dad, Poor Dad where they say work to learn, don't work for money. And I strongly believe that any job that you work, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you need to be working to learn and seeing how those skills can basically transfer over to your business. And you literally just talked about it. Yep. Everything works together. Anything that somebody gives to you, Let's say let's take the job for instance. The mm-hmm. things that they were telling me to do, I did it. I may have not wanted to, but I took it as once I learn it, you can't take it away from me. Right. That's it. It's in my brain forever. Yeah. So I say that to say this. 
everything that you're learning now mm-hmm. is definitely can be used in your it can be used in your future absolutely don't take it for granted um you quick to say no that's not something that you want to do you don't know how it's going to help you in the long run talk about it and it just may be preparing you for something that you don't even know yet definitely definitely yeah so talk to me about going full-time how did you feel when that happened I was scared I was nervous and mm-hmm. I really had to do it because my mother she was in adult daycare before COVID hit mm-hmm. but now we were kind of like we don't want to put her we want we didn't want to make her go back gotcha. because that would have put her at risk mm-hmm. for potentially catching COVID right and so I was nervous and I was scared but I was like I gotta do this for me and my family mm-hmm. there's no way I cannot not do it like I have to be in town I can't be on the road. She has to get fed at a certain time. She has to be changed at a certain time. And there's no way I can do both. Right. So preparing for it, I was nervous. I was scared. But in the back of my mind, I was like, it is what it is. I'm going to do it. Right. That's it. So were you scared because you didn't want to lose your stability? Yeah, I didn't want to lose stability. I knew it was a check coming in constantly. Regardless. <laughs> Regardless whether I sold or not or whether if I'm going from desk to desk just yeah. talking to everybody or whether if I'm doing the work. <laughs> Regardless, you're going to get paid. Regardless, that I'm going to get paid. So it's like, ah, girl, what you going to do? Yeah. So I took the leap and I'm glad I did. Mm. I'm glad I did because it has shown me so much about myself that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I love entrepreneurship. Ooh, yeah. I love it because there's so many different things that you can do. Mm-hmm. You don't just have to stick with one field. Yeah. You don't have to clock in and clock out. But, for example, I took my daughter to the beach for a few days. Mm-hmm. I turned it into a business trip by accident, by accident. <laughs> Um, Cause you can't turn it off. Because you can't turn real estate <laughs> off. That's something. My mama says that all the time. I'll be like, dog. I wonder where the neighborhood is at there. <laughs> I wanna. Can I get back there? Like I actually got into a gated community. Really? Yeah. Cause I'm the type of person who would just walk up and be like, hey, can I get in there? Tell me the secret so I can manifest my future home. I. <laughs> that's the thing. Just walking up and just doing it. So mm-hmm. I also, um, I also manage a mansion here. In town. In Florence. In Darlington. Okay. Now how I got it, y'all, it was it was crazy. So I'm on my way to a final walkthrough and I'm supposed to be meeting a client there. Mm-hmm. And I'm always passing by this house and I'm like, Oh, that house is nice. I would love just to see it on the inside and and I would just happen to be driving past this day and the gates were open. Oh wow. And my I looked at my door and I was like, The gates are open. <laughs> I was like, you think I should drop in? She was like, do it. Uh-huh. And I just drove in, mm-hmm. drove in and circled around a few times. And I was like, God, this is a nice house. Wow. What does it feel to even, you know, what does it feel like to live here? Yeah. So while I was waiting, the owner ended up driving around. I was like, man, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so he came after you. He came maybe like a minute or two after me. And I wanted to put a card in the door. And I was like, no, that's going to be creepy, girl. Right. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. He's just going to X you out and be like, don't talk. Like, who is this? <laughs> right. Keep off the premises. <laughs> keep the keep the gate locked. Yeah. But he drove. He was actually really, really cool. I gave him my business card. We stayed in contact and ended up, he, he's allowing me to manage his mansion for rentals. It was just taking a chance. I mean, my thing is. There's no need to not hop up and talk to somebody because at the end of the day, and this is the same for my grandma, 
they put their underwear on the same way I do, Talk one leg at a time. Them. I mean, unless you can hop in and put both legs in, it might be superwoman. <laughs> but I was just like, you know, you can't be scared to, to see what they're going to say. It's either going right. to be yes or no. That's it. And if they say no, I mean, you still stuck with the same stuff you had before. You still stuck if with it. If they say yes, kudos. If they say yes, then kudos. You took a chance. You stepped up and you asked. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it's not even that. It's did you do research beforehand? You know, mm-hmm. what did you do to prepare yourself? I jumped out and did that. But for anything else, you know, it depending on the category, you do need to do research on it. Yeah. Like, how you're going to run it, what you're going to do. Yeah. Different stuff like But that. your intentions wasn't even to, like, no. you know, get him as a client or anything. No. You went there in awe. I went there like, this is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. I love that so much. So, Xavier, now we're going to shift into our soul food section. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> I just Uh-oh. want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you these questions. Okay. So, y'all listening, y'all know I'm from King Street, South Carolina, which is very, very country. I love soul food. Raised up in a family that can cook very well. So, my first question for you, Xavier, is what is your favorite soul food dish? Mm. I love fried chicken. Mm, period. Juicy, crispy fried chicken. Breader or no? Oh yeah, breader or no breader. 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 Gotcha. Okay. So second question. Give me a crock pot story. I think we live in a time right now where it's very microwavable. People don't want to wait on anything. They want that instant gratification. So can you share a story with me about your life or business when something had to slow cook in a crock pot? I would have to say where I am in my real estate journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going into my fourth year. Yay, me. It was not a microwave type thing. Yeah. It was something I had to have all the ingredients. Mm -hmm. I had to steer the pot a little bit. Okay. I had to check it. I had to taste (laughs) it. and be like, I need to add a little more something. Yeah. Need a little bit of salt. Need a little bit of pepper. Add a bunch of sugar to it, girl. Let's make it sweet. (laughs) I love it. I love it. But that was that's my crock pot story. Like there is no way that I ever would have thought that I would be the number two buyer's agent out of almost four hundred agents here in Come Florence. On, talk about it. I was just like, only thing I was striving for, I just wanted to be in the top twenty. Mm-hmm. That was it. And you're number two. And I ended up being number two for twenty twenty one. Yes, I love it, y'all. There is nothing you can't do. Nothing. No, just put your mind to it. Right. You can do it. Yeah. The end point might not end today. The end point is going to be far in the distance. Just keep working for it. Absolutely. So our third question, what okay. is your go-to? You know we have that one soul food meal that never disappoints. It hits every time. So what's your go-to that keeps you inspired and motivated to be the woman you are and the business owner that you are? <sighs> you talking about meals? No, no I'm girl. hungry. I'm hungry now. <laughs> we done talked about fried chicken, and now I'm thinking about some baked chicken, some dressing. Girl, you don't answer my question. Um, What's your go-to? Not um, meal, you know, oh, right? No, not a go-to meal. Like, <laughs> your go-to, like, thing that keeps you inspired and motivated. Gotcha. Um, my go-to thing is just so much. Um... My go-to would be looking in the mirror, mm, looking in the mirror at myself, mm-hmm. not in a vain type of way, but knowing where I have came from and I have so much more, more far to go. Yeah. 
in that aspect. Like, you're not done, girl. You ain't made it. <laughs> Period. And I like that humble spirit. Like, you are very humble. Thank you. And I feel like that's going to keep you, like, in, like, a posture of just, like, remaining a student. Like, it's always more to learn. It's always more to grow. Because, you know, some people, they may reach a level of success and get comfortable. You can't. I'm telling you, do not get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Because the world is always evolving. Technology is always evolving. People are always evolving. That's why they have it broken down into categories of generations. Yeah. Um, Generation X, you know, you got the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Because it's always an evolution of the mindset and the intelligence. Yeah. So you always, you have to keep learning. You always will be a student. I don't care how complacent, how content you are, um, content, do not get comfortable. Right. Never. Never. Okay, our third question, the itis. So you know after you eat some real good food, you get tired, you just want to lay down on the chair. So tell me, what are you sick and tired of seeing as it relates to business or money? I'm tired of these interest rates going up. First of all, <laughs> first of all. Inflation is real, Inflation y'all. is real. Um, there's a comparison of, you know, the market's going to crash, the market's going to crash. I'm not saying that it's not. Mm-hmm. But I will say is what happened in 2008 was a mortgage crisis. Right. In this day and time, we're having a COVID. It's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it's two different things um, that's going on. Thus, COVID did cause people to lose jobs, um, cause people to be out. There may be some hidden gems that are coming to the market. Mm-hmm. They are. But I don't think it's going to be as plentiful as it was in 2008 because that was a housing mortgage crisis versus a pandemic that caused a domino effect to people's jobs. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of people like, dog, I can't wait for this housing market to crash. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I got my money right. Do not pray for somebody else's downfall. Mm. Just wait for it to happen. It's going to happen, but every day when the market crashed, I got my money, you know, I'm going to be buying up these houses. I can't wait for it to crash. Like you praying for somebody foreclosure. You're praying for somebody's newborn baby to not have a roof or be able to sleep in a warm crib. Right. Don't do that. Yeah. That that's not fair. Right. That's good. I didn't even think about the difference between like two thousand eight versus what can possibly happen. Yeah. Do you think it has a chance of like Definitely. Um I think some homes are gonna definitely come on the market. Some are starting to come on the market now. Okay. It's very, very few. Now because of the state of the housing market mm-hmm. Of course, they're marked up a lot higher than they would have been in 2008. Right. So, really and truly, if you're interested, make sure your credit is together. Make sure you have your money together. Make sure you have your pre-approval ready. Make sure you're doing whatever you're doing just to make sure that you're ready so when they do come on the market, you can dive in. Because as soon as they come on the market, I'm telling you, you have cash buyers here in Florence willing to pay $1.1 million for a piece of land, not not a home is on it. Wow. You know, I've met people who got $5 million sitting in their bank. They can buy whatever they want. And trust me, that $5 million is not the only thing that's sitting in their bank account. Mm-hmm. That's just what they showed me. And that cash going to win every time. Cash is king. <laughs> okay? Cash is king. And you can close in two and a half weeks. How slow the tire work. You know, that that's going to be the holdup. Mm-hmm. But be ready. Yeah. Keep your ducks in a row. Absolutely. So, our... Was this our last question? I did go to items. Oh, yeah. So, our last question is, mm, that's good. So, you know, when you take a bite into some food, right. if it's good, you're going to say that. Mm, that's good. 
So can you close us out with some words of wisdom to an aspiring or current entrepreneur who may be listening to this episode? Write your goals down. Mm -hmm. Stick to your goals. Make sure that you're doing whatever it is that you need to do to accomplish it. Yeah. It's not going to come overnight. Write down all of your ideas. Because if you try to keep it in your mind, you may forget. Right. You may be able to come back and visit it. But having everything written down, trust me, there's a power in the pen. Make sure you have a notebook and you're writing out all your ideas. Keep it beside your bed so when you jump up in the middle of the night, you can write those ideas down. But never give up on yourself. Mm -hmm. Never let anybody tell you what your future is going to look like. Because at the end of the day, you are definitely in control of your destiny. Right. You know, it's all in your mindset. Always think positive. If you got some negative people on your timeline, delete them. You got some people who are want you to clap for them, but don't clap for you, Ooh, delete them. Talk. You know, get rid of all those negative people. Surround your surround yourself with people who's going to support you, yeah. who's not going to be pocket watching you when you're making money because they're going to be like, she's making all that money or he's making all that money. He can buy this. He can buy that. He could buy me that stuff too. No. No. And pocket watching and don't even know half of the responsibilities do, do not, that you have. Do not know. Or even count the years where you wasn't really making a dime. You was probably working even trying to build this business. Literally. Like, like the first year, I definitely was in the red. Mm -hmm. I was in the red. The second year, I was, I'm not going to say break even. But I did enough where I could finally see my way. Mm -hmm. My third year is when it really took off. And I started being able to make donations more yeah. frequently. You know, I see somebody online that need help. I'm able to just cash out them. Right. You know, it's a lot of stuff that I do behind the scenes that I don't tell people. I don't post about all the contributions that I do. Because right. it's nobody's business. Exactly. And everything is not for the public Every eye. No, it's not. Right. It's not. And everybody don't want you to know. Exactly. And I And if... And I have, have had some people who posted my name and I'm like, please take me down. <laughs> I do not want people to know yeah. that I'm always doing all this stuff for people. Right. No. And my thing is, I feel like that speaks to like how genuine you are because some people, they do stuff just to, just to get clapped. Yeah. And for people to like see their name in the limelight. But when you actually do something from the kindness of your art, like God sees that. I don't need y'all to see it. Yeah. It just is what it is. Definitely. So, Xavier, we couldn't close it out no better than that. Thank yeah. you for being on the podcast. Thank you. Can you tell my community where they can find you on Facebook, Instagram, wherever? Yes. So, you can visit my website at iheartholmes.live, L-I-V-E. And you can also follow me on Facebook and IG at iheartholmesflow, F-L-O, no W on the end. <laughs> and I'll also um, put everything in the description box just so y'all can click it. Follow her. Keep up with her real estate journey. And, of course, if you need her, contact her. Yep. So, thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode on the Responsible Homegirl Podcast. Always remember, with exposure, execution, and consistency, there is absolutely nothing you can't do. That's right. See y'all next time. Bye. <laughs>